0: I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24/7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. And welcome back to I'm Not in an Abusive Relationship. We are kicking off April with uh, a discussion on Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And I have a special guest today because uh, she presented to our board of directors on an educational side of things on this particular subject. So let's start, though. Let's back up Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Uh, it's April every year. And it's an annual campaign to raise public awareness about sexual assault and educate communities and individuals on how to prevent sexual violence. Um, It's brought to us and coordinated by the National Sexual Violence Resource Center. Uh, And it's again, it's in April. And so we talk about it here at DASIS. We've had episodes about it. This particular discussion to kick it off um, was talking Krista DeBoer, our executive director, uh, was talking to the board of, of directors about sexual assault in the media how it's represented, how we see it in entertainment, how it's talked about on the news, just the media in general. And so uh, we're going to tackle what that looks like with a little bit of her perspective, her, her, her presentation, this kind of thing. So first of all, Krista, welcome back.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: Thanks for for joining me. I always enjoy our discussions. And this particular one um, really, again, it, it got me thinking because you presented to the board sexual assault in the media. And that's such a big umbrella term. Uh, where did this come from? Where did it start? Why don't you go ahead and I'll just let you kind of take the mic for a little bit here.
1: Sure. So, um, I was thinking about sexual assault awareness month. Um, it's coming up in April and one of the things that it kind of came from my personal interest. I watch a lot of documentaries. I watch a lot of things that are related to sexual assault. And so one of the questions that, you know, I continue to explore is, um, when we see sexual assault in the media, what does that look like? What is our response? And I think for all of us that are in this field, but then when the majority of people get their information from the media, then the media is the one that takes the story or tells the story. And so how do we then make sure that that information is accurate um, so that people who get their information can also have accurate information? And so how do we Take that narrative, or how do we take that story back, um, is something that I've been doing a lot of thinking through. Um, so when I started doing a little bit more research on it, um, what they were talking about is from I think it was the political, the Journal Quarterly uh, Political Science, um, that they had done a study, and it's a little bit older, um, but they definitely had a couple different points. One being that media actually does. Um, play an impact on how we see sexual assault. It also can affect um, local responses, um, just because of headlines and you know whatever else how they're ta- how they're telling the story. Um, and then also one of the things that I didn't talk about in board education, but I think is important to talk about is um, how. my question was how do we tell their stories how do we tell these stories without re-victimizing or re-traumatizing survivors because that's something that we've seen um, a lot in the media with politicians and with um, like Larry Nassar it was in the headlines you know almost every day Mm so I guess that's just where it started from Um, and my own thinking through when I was watching different you know things um, on different medias, podcasts, and, you know, all the different streaming services. So, and then yeah. what does that mean for us? So that's kind of how it originated.
0: And, and I, I wonder about that stuff. Do I think about it? You know, on our show, we air survivor stories. And as we prepare for those, we always talk to the survivor. They have choices of being, you know, anonymous, using their, their real name, if they want to telling their story in whatever way they're comfortable with. And, and when, I, when I do the interviews, I always begin with letting them know, if I ever ask you anything that you don't want to answer, please tell me, we'll stop. We can, we can change this. Like, this is not to re-traumatize you. I don't want to be exploitive, right? I don't want you to relive it. We try to offer those stories to help people see themselves in those situations so that they can recognize if they're in an abusive relationship and they can get help um, and all that kind of thing. So, so, yeah, it's when you're asking those victims those questions, that's part of it. Also, when people are listening, are they being triggered? I I wonder about that. Um, all that stuff. So it's so it's so interesting that we're talking about it and you bring this all this up. Um, what I what I liked about your presentation too was use a couple of examples you gave. Um, you shared with us an example. You played a clip from I think it was the show Moxie.
1: The movie, yeah, on
0: the movie, yep. okay, Netflix. So- So to share a little bit about that, we don't have the clip, obviously, I don't have, I don't have copyright (laughs) for that, Um, but the the clip that you shared was really powerful. So let's share a little bit of that and and talk through why that's problematic. Well, I mean, not why it's problematic, but like, what, what was the discussion?
1: Yeah. So uh, the clip that I showed was of a, the setting is in a high school. Um, It's a young African-American woman who comes to the principal, um, because she feels like she's being harassed by one of her uh, male students that she's interacted with. Um, And so she comes in and sits down with the principal and says, hey, I'm being harassed by this person. And the principal kind of says, whoa, 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 he's bothering you. And she says, no, he's harassing me. And she says, oh, 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 like, be careful how you're saying this because when you use the word harassed, it means that I have to do more paperwork um, and, it sounds like he's just bothering you. And then her suggestion was, oh, I see you like music. So uh, why don't you join? I think it was the marching band or something like that and trying to get her signed up for that. Um, So that was the clip that I played and um, it was a little bit exaggerated, but I think the worst part about it is that that even though it might've been a little bit exaggerated, it also still happens, right? Like that's based off of somebody's experience Um, the show might, or the movie might be fictional, but especially um, being the sexual assault therapist, I'm very aware of other people's experience before they've come in to see me because different systems aren't always supportive. And even people in their lives, for whatever reasons, aren't always knowing what to say and how to be supportive. And so for me, that clip just highlighted so much um, of people's response. Because if I admit that this is this, if I call it a sexual assault, then I have to go into action, right? And, and so lots of people don't like that because then it I means system change. It means admitting wrongdoing. You know, it can have financial for like colleges or high schools. It can have a, you know, a monetary effect. And, mm-hmm. and to me, um, it also goes back to that power and control of who has, who can control the narrative. Because Mm -hmm. often it's not the survivors. It's like that principle, right? Like I could make a report or I could do something about it, but it means like I have to do extra paperwork.
0: It's so when I watched that, that made me so angry to hear that response. And yeah, I just and, and again, like somebody wrote that because it's in their head, whether it happened to them, whether they've heard about it, maybe it's exaggerated. Maybe it's not, maybe this is actually underplayed. Maybe the principal or the person who did it, like it was worse, who who knows? But the fact is it does happen. It's real. We, we downplay it. Um, You know, and, and I, I go back to thinking about like parenting in, in, in the olden days, maybe whatever, maybe even now today, if a, a a girl in elementary school says, well, this boy's pulling my hair. We just say, oh, he just likes you. You should, you know, don't take it so seriously. He just has a crush on you. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. While that may not be complete like violence, that's an unhealthy manifestation of if he does like you, but all he knows to do is to poke you or pull your hair. And then you say, well, that's okay. You're setting her up to think it's okay that people treat her that way. And so like, it's, it's all of it. Right. And we, and we see that in, in media, we see it in, in just our everyday lives. Anyway, I got on a, on a, on a soapbox there. I get so fired up about this too. Um, I mean, well, what I think you, what
1: you're talking about is going back to victim blaming because what, even in that example, right. It's about the girl and the girl's behavior, right. And we're focusing on that and telling her what she should and shouldn't do or how yeah. to react or behave instead of focusing on let's teach little boys not to do this.
0: What I love about podcasting, especially in our organization is the, the realness of it. Krista, um, <laughs> Some of us have parents, some of us are parents. Some of us has, have had little ones, little, little ones. And yours was ready for a bottle. So, um, so let's, when, when we're talking about sexual assault in the media, the other thing that I think about is, um, n- not just the media in a big sense, but also social media. And I've seen some stuff from, from social media users, um, not anybody famous, just people sharing their stories and things. And one of them, um, was a, a woman and i don't know who she is but she's on tiktok and she was talking about how she's so tired of the five ways to stay safe and you know for women and this kind of stuff and like yeah we need to talk about safety but also um as she said stop telling or make sure that your friend doesn't rape me like that's the thing you know when you said victim blaming victim shaming that's what i thought of and and so people are talking about this kind of stuff and i'm grateful for that cuz then my kids get to see that and understand that, like, we're trying to make changes. Um, So when we talk about victim blaming and and victim shaming, um, what, what is, what does the news media get wrong and how can we fix it when it comes to talking about our victims?
1: Um, I think one thing that unfortunately can play a part in victim blaming or even just how media portrays things is um so i use the example of brock turner when i was doing my presentation because many many um of the headlines or the media reports were continually referring him as ex harvard swimmer um and even the way that he was being portrayed and even his dad's response was well he shouldn't get punished for these for this 20 minutes of action, um, and so what his son is now going to do is talk about um, the dangers of alcohol and I think something else, um, but that's not what that uh, that's not what that was about, right? That was sexual assault, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that there was two other witnesses, so he wasn't even the media really portraying him as sexual a sexual assaulter, right? It was ex Harvard swimmer, and so I think that's a When we talk about victim blaming, who has the power and control, even in that narrative?
0: Right. Yeah. The fact that he was, you know, a a college athlete, the fact that he was, you know, from a a good family, you're going to ruin his chances. Like all these things, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't care if he went to Harvard or Stanford, or if he was a swimmer or a football player or what, like the fact is this person made a choice. I, I don't, I don't care about the alcohol factor. That's not what creates assault and rape can it be a factor? Sure. And, you know, I'm teaching my kids, they're in their mid teenage years right now. When you go to parties, if you're going to drink, be very aware and and all these things about safety, right? We talk about that. On the other hand, um, if I had sons, I would tell them without a doubt, if, if you take advantage of someone who's been drinking, you're going to be in big trouble. Like, I'm not going to make excuses for you. You need to pay the consequences. So don't do that. Um, It's so, it's, I, I, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it comes back to the power of words, right? In our media. That's a big thing that I hear you say is that it's how we, how we frame those things.
1: Yeah. I even heard a Dateline episode where they were talking about, you know, usually it's a spouse that, especially on Dateline, it's usually the spouse, right? Right. Um, But they were talking about how one of the victims was um, raped strangled and then thrown overboard. And the, th- the thing about it was uh, the reporter was saying, oh, well, that makes it s- so that it's an unknown person, more likely that it's an unknown person. And I'm like, ah, no, that first of all, it means it's more likely because when we talk even about sexual assault, it's not usually stranger danger, although there is a small percentage of that. It's usually somebody we know. Hmm. Um, and so, again, how do we change that story
0: is it a matter of continuing these conversations and educating reporters producers editors those in charge of the media to just be better educated can it start does it start there
1: yeah I actually saw that um there is like a social media I think toolkit is what they call it um and so that does exist for people that are in the media um -hmm. I'm not I'm not gonna lie I didn't really look at that part of it Um, But I know
0: it exists. Yeah. So those conversations are at least happening. We just need to get them in front of people more often.
1: Yes.
0: Is it it your opinion? And this is totally a a personal opinion. This is not necessarily a speak for DASIS entirely. Um, Is it your opinion that these shows like, let's say, Law & Order SVU and other fictional shows, are we... Are we doing something wrong with all of those being out there? Are they, are they getting some of it right? Should we back off on it? Like, is our society so sexual focused and violence focused that it's a problem again, not that it's causing everything. This is happening without that, but is, is it a problem?
1: I think like anything, there are parts of it that are true. And a lot of them are based on true stories. Um, For me, the For me, this is just personally, I think the problem is with shows like that is that their goal is different, right? It's entertainment and it's ratings, but to me, what it can do is desensitize and make it entertainment when we're talking about issues like sexual assault. Mm. And to me, not that it trivializes it but i think it mar- it can marginalize people's experience because sexual assault is not for entertainment it is something that's really destructive in their lives and you know unfortunately the court process isn't doesn't work the same way it does on tv it's not usually not that fast it, it's not we don't always get the perfect outcome we don't always have justice for survivors and so to me it's almost desensitizing because sexual assault is such a huge thing that when I watch it for entertainment, it becomes that, it's entertainment. It's something that we laugh and joke about. And and that's the, I think the hardest thing for me um, when it comes to media and watching TV and, um, and even some older shows that are trivializing or making um, sexual assault something to be laughed about and taken lightly. Yes. And to me, and maybe it's just more of the movement, but that's not okay.
0: Yeah. It comes to mind that right now in, in, in America, we're talking a lot about <clears throat> some of these business decisions that companies have made like Potato Head and Dr. Seuss. But then there's also this talk about, and, and this is not new, um, the cartoon Pepe Le Pew. Um, this has been talked about before. I've heard this discussion before, but it's come back up again. Um you know, I, I can remember watching that show when this skunk has affections, lust for uh, a cat, right? And, and is like over the top trying to get her attention. And it becomes this pursuit, which I, like, I never thought of it as like stalking or assault, but I always was a little bit like, this is like, this is a little bit much. And now in this new frame of mind, it, it is problematic is it something that we should revisit and make some changes or are we being too sensitive? Like, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, I think that's a hard one because I think that like anything, as something evolves, I think when we take a look back, it, it looks like, Oh, maybe that wasn't the best choice or maybe that wasn't the, the best way to portray that. Um, and to me, you know, I'll go back to it a little bit again, but I think that when we have things like that as entertainment, um, it it lessens the seriousness, and and so I know, um, even as as a woman, when I look at what sexual harassment is, my fr- one of my first thoughts was, well, isn't that just being a woman? And then I had to check myself a little bit because I was like, no, like that's actual sex, sexual harassment and that shouldn't be happening and that shouldn't be my experience. Um, But on that list, there was a lot of things that I had experienced. And so I think that when, you know, we have a cartoon or something that kind of trivializes that and to a certain extent objectifies women or, even like gives us a view of what is love. I think that that can be a little bit of a not so great place to be.
0: Yeah. There's a lot, a lot to discuss in, in the the media portrayal of it all. Um, I appreciate the education of the board that you gave this discussion here. Uh, what, what can we do to affect change in all of this moving forward?
1: I think Some of it goes back to a little bit of what I would call prevention. Um, And what I mean by that is really, let's continue to have these conversations. Sometimes it can be easier to avoid them um, because it feels uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And sexual assault is something that should make us feel uncomfortable because hopefully in that uncomfortableness, it will prompt us to create positive change. Um, And the other thing um, that comes to mind is to continue to have conversations with children and parents and caregivers, because really the more that you know, the better we can prepare our children who are gonna be, you know, grow up in this culture and the society to be the change that we wanna see. And so if I can instill it early on and have these conversations and why things are problematic, hopefully we can start, you know, small and make a bigger effect. And then I think too, um, and this is what we talked about a little bit too, is what can our agency do and how can we take back that narrative and how do we take and empower our survivors? And I think that creating an outlet that's safe, um, where they survivors can share their stories um, like our podcast, I think is a really great start because it, again, just gives them a voice and a platform to tell their story.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Krista, thank you for being a part of this conversation, for bringing us to the board, for bringing us to listeners, um, for everything you do with DASIS. Uh, appreciate your time as we, again, as we start off Sexual Assault Awareness Month, uh, let's have these conversations more often. So Krista, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship. If these stories resonate with you and you need help, please visit our website, D-A-S-A-S-M-I.org That's org, Or call our hotline at 800-828-2023 We are here to walk alongside you Now if you know someone who might benefit from our show Please share it Social media, email, simply telling someone about it All help us spread the word And help us to combat domestic and sexual violence We also welcome financial and volunteer support